Ephesians chapter 4, we looked at last week, we went through um, verses 1 through about verse 12 or so, and um, I wanted to, or not verse 12, but verse 16, and that was the, the part I want to focus in on, and that's what I'll focus in on today, but just reviewing real quickly what we talked about was um, one of the things that was mentioned in um, verse 11 of chapter 4 is that God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work that God has for us to, to prepare us. Verse 12, it says, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And the way we move into maturity, the way we move into the fullness of Christ is by having those gifts that God's given the church involved in our lives. Um, and those gifts are still around today. There are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, there are pastors, there are teachers, and they can pour into our lives. Praise God for the time that we live in with modern technology. We can access so much good stuff. There's a lot of junk out there too, amen? The devil knows how to use it. But there's a lot of good stuff out there. And we can find anointed preachers and teachers and prophets and evangelists and um, apostles that can be in our lives and involved even through media. Um, also locally, those people will be around. God raises them up. And it's not a matter of them having to be part of our group, our denomination, our fellowship, something like that. God raises those people up, and as we meet them in our lives, we need to let them be involved in our lives. How about that? Let them be involved. Let them pour into us. Let them mentor us. Um, receive from them the correction, the training, uh, the instruction, uh, the encouragement, the discipline, the rebuke, <laughs> whatever it is that we need to, to be mature. Um, you know, a child doesn't instantly become mature, do they? <laughs> uh, and it takes sometimes a lot of discipline. Some of them, it takes a lot longer <laughs> to move to maturity. Uh, and they, they, we need to have those things in our lives, in our spiritual lives, to, to get to that place of maturity. It's the only way we're going to have that unity uh, that we need to have in faith. And it's not about... Uh, denominations and names and all these things. It's about people that are moving in the spirit of God uh, that are involved in our lives and that we're involved in, and we're, again, letting them, letting them instruct us, letting them, you know, submitting to that authority, recognizing them for who they are um, and, and letting them be involved. In it. And, it, and it takes effort on our part. It, it's easy to just... Uh, come to a fellowship and listen to sermons uh, or be involved in a service and then just kind of do whatever we're going to do. It takes discipline and it takes effort for us to really get involved in the in a fellowship, to get involved in the community, to reach out to those other individuals that are in our lives that God has raised up, that we recognize those giftings that they have and let them pour into our lives. And we need to do that. Um, and and it's, a, it's an active involvement. It's not passive. Uh, you're not going to get it just sitting around, just going to one service here and there. and it, It's just not going to happen. You're not going to get the fullness that's there. Um, and then um, it goes on to say that in verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blowing here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Um, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in him who is the head, that is Christ. 
And uh, again, that, that maturity then takes us away from that immaturity where it's so easy to get dragged here and there by different ideas, different doctrines, different teachings, different craftiness of men. I remember uh, when I first got saved and I was hitchhiking around the country, um, there was a number of times where individuals from different like cults or different groups that had these kind of things would try to pick me up and tell me their ideas, tell me their doctrines, tell me their teachings, you know, try to get me to go get swayed. And not having a firm foundation, there were sometimes I would hear some of the stuff and go, yeah, well, I wonder, wonder about that, you know. But then as I matured, I was like, oh man, I could see the error of what they were saying. Now, I had one crazy guy. He didn't, he didn't lead me astray at all because I was like, you're nuts. <laughs> but he, he said he was a member, he was a white supremacist. And he was, I think he called it the group uh, Passe Comitatus. And he was telling me, you know, that interracial marriage is just horrible. You know, it's just like a, it's a, an abomination to God. As he said, Adam means to turn red in the face, and therefore black people can't be saved. And I'm like, what? That's a job, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm a new Christian, but that don't make sense to me. What are you talking about? And he was like, and and if God gave me a nuclear bomb and I nuked Israel, he would think that was the greatest thing ever. I'm like. Can I get out now? I'm like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> but there are others that were more crafty and more more cunning in the way they do it. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses are really good about kind of sort of using the Word of God. The uh, Mormons as well. They you know they use the same terms, but they mean different things, and they can get uh, especially with Mormons, it can get very confusing talking to them because they're very crafty in the way they do it, and they they go through their, all their trainings and all that type of stuff. But um, praise God that as we get mature. Um, not only in our understanding and our mind and the teachings, theology, doctrines, whatever you want to call it, but also in our spirit. The maturity in spirit is so important because then as we meet people and we talk to people, we start to recognize the spirit that's in them and we can tell, oh yeah, here's a brother and sister in the Lord. Here's that same spirit. Or here's someone in the Lord, but boy, they got some, they got some things going on. We, we need to pray about this. We need to help them. You know, they're, they're, they're getting led astray. And it, and it really helps having that maturity of spirit. Uh, it helps with unity too. Uh, because then, you, you know, like Teo, who's uh, the, coming next week, his wife's coming next week, missionary to Rwanda. You know, I met him in the hot tub at the YMCA, right? Not too often you, <laughs> you meet your missionary at the hot tub of the winds. But he instantly, when I saw him, I recognized the spirit that was on him. And within seconds or minutes, I was like, you're coming Sunday to share at church. And he was there that Sunday. 10, 10 of 10 is when it was, by the way. Uh, easy date to remember. <laughs> but but the, that that's the cool part about it is then um, uh, it's so easy. To recognize sometimes you can see it before they even say anything sometimes it takes a little bit of communication um, sometimes it may be actions sometimes you'll see individuals that are blessed by God in areas but they haven't even made a surrender to God yet and you can see some of the giftings he's pouring into them you can see some of the things and 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 you can start encouraging and helping and and leading them to the Lord and letting them use those giftings in that way and so it's so so important for us to have that maturity of spirit not be those infants tossed back and forth because otherwise we can really get tossed back and forth and i don't have many of you had in your life individuals that tried to take you down different paths oh yeah teachings <laughs> ideas thoughts 
We've had people come here that have this certain thing they want to do that's more important than the Bible or what you know God's doing. Got their own agenda. Doesn't mean they're not brothers and sisters in the Lord sometimes, but you know people have their own agendas even in the body of christ and that maturity that comes then uh we're able to walk in our discipline and then help them <laughs> come to that right relationship focus. And, yeah focus absolutely focus on christ who is the head uh which is uh what he uh where was it in 15 um um, all things growing up to him who is the head, that is Christ, 16. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And uh, do you still have that one you, you, you had last time that talked about the uh, charity being that... that uh, let me find it. The, I forget the exact wording in it. But, um, but the focus I wanted to have on this is, is, I, is I was thinking about ligaments or joints, um, supporting growing together building in love and, and how important it is for us to have those connections in our lives other believers that that are there to cry with us when we cry rejoice with us when we rejoice uh correct us when we're going the wrong path lift us up when we're down um pray for us when we need prayer that are just there helping us in our walk um you know I, I think of the verses that talk about we each bear our own burden but then we also help others with their burden because there's times that the burden is more than you can bear remember when i shared on that um, there's times when it's just too much and you need your brothers and sisters in the lord god designed it that way so that you would have those others that are there jesus had to do it on his own to pay the price for us, but then he brings us into a body where we don't have to do it on our loan. Praise God for that. And so each one strengthened us, and that's where those ligaments, those joints, those connections come together. And we each know other believers, and we have people in our lives, and we have family in our lives. And as God's kingdom is moving forward, and this is a time that is a new day, this is a time where God's kingdom is doing amazing and wonderful things. Don't just turn on the news and listen to the doom and gloom. This is the most exciting time to be alive. I praise God for the new day. I woke up this morning and I saw the sunrise. Well, I didn't wake up. I worked 11 hours last night. But I got out of work this morning and I looked at the sunrise and I was like, man, it's so beautiful. Brand new day. And God is shining and moving forth and doing incredible things. The Middle East is seeing a revival like never before. You're not going to hear about it in the news. But there are Muslims by the droves coming to the Lord through dreams and visions and Christ speaking to them. I, I heard of one guy that was a missionary in Iraq. He was sharing and it was like a Taliban guy and he went into this house and they were raiding this house and he saw a picture of Jesus, you know. <laughs> our pictures of jesus you know with the long hair and the white skin and all that and he saw this and he's like who's that and they said it's jesus and he says no it's not he appeared to me in a dream that's not what he looks like <laughs> and there's all kinds of them that are coming to play china uh church is growing iran is one of the fastest growing groups of christians in the world and one of the reasons is because they see what these mullahs are doing. They see all this death to America, death to Israel, kill everybody, send out your children to die, have them sacrifice, give everything you have. You're not worth anything. You know, it doesn't matter. Life is not important. They're going, that ain't right. I don't want that. There's a lot of Muslims that don't want that. 
They want something real. Then they find out about real life and they go, yeah, I want life. And it's growing in leaps and bounds. It's an amazing time to be in where the persecution is the strongest is some of the places where the church is growing the greatest. Where people that give their life to the Lord know that they may face, face prison, they may face death, their very family members may kill them. But they know this is life. There was one missionary that was talking to some kids that were facing death all the time that were serving the Lord. And they're just little kids. And it's like, why are you doing it? They go, because it's life. What else, what other choice do we have? Jesus is life, but you might be killed. Yeah, but it's life. They can't kill me. They can only take my body. Amen. I found it. It said, charity is the knitting of the limbs together. Yeah, charity is the knitting of the limbs together. Uh, when we have acts of charity, that's love in action. When we're able to serve, when we're able to do something, when we're able to go out and be involved. And, and I praise God for the, the community of believers and, and leaders in this area that are working together and saying, let's do something. Let's have a, a, a fellowship of the churches, the ministerial alliance, and saying, let's, let's work together. Let's have a community service every three months, and let's have all the churches come together. And, and I'm excited about the time where we go out and do more and more. Um, one of the things that we're looking into to is getting some drug and rehabilitation programs going you know freedom that can be found in Christ because there's so many people that are empty and void and they've tried it all you can only drink so much you can only do so many drugs you can only have so much sex you can only have so much money before you come to the point where you so this is empty and they're listening to all these leaders around them and they're just crying out foul and they're crying out fight against this and protest that and yelling about all these different things and people are going enough's enough it's not filling me I'm empty I'm in despair I'm not getting anything out of this but when they find life when they find Christ when they get to be a new creature and the Spirit of God comes into them and their life is transformed and they get peace that passes understanding a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory a life that goes from glory to glory mercy to mercy and they reach out and love they say that's real someone's doing something I look forward to the day when there are just groups of people going around this town painting houses and planting flowers and helping widows and orphans and doing things where kids from the school instead of going out in the parks and doing drugs and getting shot are out and being involved with all kinds of exciting productive things. And it's the time that we're in. It's the day we're in. It's the beginning of the day. Wake up! <laughs> the light is shining. It's time. Open your eyes and look at opportunities. Look for those places. Get those ideas. Let God fill you with thoughts and dreams of what can be done. And he'll have the right people in the right place at the right time as charity knits those things together. Those acts of charity, as people see acts of love, they'll start coming saying, I want to be involved in this act of love. And there's even unbelievers that'll do it. Mm -hmm. But they won't stay unbelievers for long because when they experience real love, Amen. it'll melt their heart of stone. Praise God. It's always better when I don't sleep at night. So then it goes on to say, Verse 17, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking, futility of their thinking. 
They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. And, and that's the state that we see people in, isn't it? Darkness, going deeper and deeper down that path, unnatural affections, unnatural living, uh, abandoning reality, abandoning truth, and just going deeper and deeper. That, that, that futile thinking, that, that thinking that's just wrong. See, if you're born a slave, and you're born into a slave family, and your friends and your neighbors are all slaves, you get to have a slave mentality. And that's what's happening. People are slaves to sin. If you're born into debt, and you're taught debt, and you live with people that are all in debt, you tend to go deeper and deeper into debt, and instead of doing something to crawl out, you just go deeper and deeper into it. Deeper and deeper into that sensuality. Deeper and deeper into those lusts. There's no fulfillment there. There's no life there. And it goes against nature. See, it's natural for a mother and father to love their children. It's natural for a man to protect women and children. When you hear of men and women that are abusing and attacking women and children, when you hear of men that, that rape women and children, that's not natural. Now, I know people will talk about a sinful nature and the nature is all depraved. Our nature originally came from God. God created Adam in his image and gave him a nature that is not evil. But as he was sold into that slavery, as he entered into slavery when he disobeyed God and he abandoned that, his children were born in his image, which was the image of slavery. And it's that slavery that's carried over. But deep down in our nature, the natural thing is for a man to leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife. The natural thing is for parents to love their children. The natural thing is for children to obey parents. The natural thing is to love life and not death. And it's because of that slavery, it's because of that unnatural thing, and as they move more and more into slavery, deeper down that road, they enter into that sensitivity being lost, the hardening of their heart, and God will turn over to that wrath. And remember what the wrath of God looks like in the time we're in. They go deeper and deeper into it. But praise God that even the deepest, darkest sinner can call out to Jesus Christ and accept his blood covering over him and say, I am a sinner. God, save me. I'm doing wrong. Turn away from that way of life and instantly become a new creature. A thief on a cross can enter the kingdom of God that very same day, Amen. justly dying for his sins, and yet experience new life. An atheist, hours away from death, can give their life to the Lord and enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't wait. No. Don't do it. Call out today. How many people are empty and void? How many people are looking at their lives saying, this is not working. It's not fulfilling. I've been listening to these lies. I've been following these ideas. I've been trying to do these things and it's not working. 
The Holy Spirit is alive and working. Get involved with Him. The kingdom of God is advancing. Get involved with it. Maybe you don't see it right now, but boy, you give your heart to the Lord and you start looking for those believers and they'll be there. The deceivers will be there too. So find those apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers that will pour truth into your life. Get into the word. Praise God for the written word. Know it, live it, experience it, and share it with others. That's good news. Hmm. I'm not careful, I might start preaching. Um, verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires, um, lusts. Um, what, what do some of the other versions say in that place? Who's got uh, like a new King James or King James? Yeah, it, when he talks about you're being corrupted. Off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Okay, deceitful lust. In the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the nude man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Yeah. <clears throat> what else? Anybody got a different translation? Um, and and that, that the way that the lust deceives us, the way that our flesh takes us aside is lust is a natural desire that's corrupted. And lust is deceitful. See, the, the natural desire, like, like I talked about, natural desire, man leaves his father, mother cleaves to his wife. Natural desire, um, intimacy, human intimacy. Lust will take it to Sex without marriage, casual sex, men with men, women with women, blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on and on and on. Pedophilia, all kinds of weird stuff. It gets unnatural. The natural desire is for that intimacy, even can be sexual intimacy. There's a natural desire there. But the unnatural, the deceitfulness is when it turns into lust. Uh, there's a natural desire for um, protection for comfort. There's there's natural things we want to have shelter from the storm. It becomes unnatural when we got to have you know keep up with the Joneses, right? <laughs> the bigger house, the bigger place, the bigger this. The, you know, all these things start to become unnatural. It's that deceitfulness of lust. It spreads like cancer. It does. It's not satisfying. Yeah, it never satisfies. Yeah. Never satisfies. It takes a continual lust for more <laughs> continually going deeper until it absolutely destroys a life and suicides and all those types of things that happen um you know just um uh, criminal activities that lead them to prison you know all those things that's that's where it leads to um and so that's where that deceitfulness of those desires come in so you have this these natural things that we have you know natural desire to eat right <laughs> We have to eat to live, or do you live to eat? You know. Okay, we won't we won't talk about that a whole lot, but um, it's a deceitful lust. It can become, you know, uh, 
my my mom did once where and she still does it now but um she was like well what i do is i only eat till i'm full then i stop it's like hey, well, there's a good principle you eat real slow then you eat till you're full and then you stop hey, you know what if you do that you'll lose weight because <laughs> your body will tell you you eat real fast it, it doesn't have time for your stomach to tell you you're full you know, then you eat more, and then you get too full, and then you keep eating after you're full. I mean, okay, Christmas is coming up, holidays, Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah, we won't talk all. Um, but that's the deceitfulness. Um, and then it says to be made new in our attitude and our minds, our thinking, our... Um, I like the attitude of our minds, the way that's said. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a change in our opinion. It's a change in our thoughts where we're going... Okay, the Word of God becomes our focus. Christ as our head becomes our focus. The Holy Spirit leading us becomes our focus. And we start to go, well, that's not consistent with the Word of God. But there's been times in my life where I've had some major decisions to make. And there were a lot of believers around me that would have counseled me the wrong way. Not because they were trying to, but because they were thinking with their fleshly mind and not thinking about Scripture. Uh, and I, I think of one instance in, in, in specifically where it was like, I kept going to the scripture and going, I think this is the way I need to handle it. And they're like, well, you know, you were wrong, da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, but when you're wrong, did you, you know. And it worked out to God's glory. Took years to see the full story get played out and everything happen. Sometimes walking with God takes longer than some instant gratification. <coughs> hard for us in our society isn't it instant oatmeal right instant banks we don't even have to get out we just drive through the banks um you know life in the fast lanes going through the express checkout with microwave brownies right <laughs> just <laughs> everything so instant marriage instant divorce instant i mean you know we're not, and with god it can take time there's times where we keep casting our bread on the water waiting for it to return there's times where we wait for that fruit in good season there's, well, you know about waiting a <laughs> long time. The, the, the wait it's not doesn't. Done yet. No, well, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's never done. Praise God. Yeah. Um, but, but we know what that's like. And um, so that, that changing of our mind where we then start to focus on the word. What's the word say? Because, you know, if we move in the attitudes of our flesh, we move in the attitudes of our culture, move in the attitudes sometimes even of our denomination, church, people around us, we can do it wrong. We need to make sure we're in line with the scripture and the Holy Spirit inside of us and what he's sharing with us. And sometimes what he has for us may be a little different path than he has for someone else because of our interpersonal relationships, because of who we are, because of who the other people are that are involved in the situation. And we need to be really sensitive to doing it and changing our mind, going, what does Christ want me to do? Where is the Holy Spirit leading me? What does the word of God say? Um, because it's really easy to just look at the circumstances. It's really, especially when someone offends us, someone does us wrong, you know, something happens that hurts us or hurts family member, whatever. It's really easy to just react instantly out of the flesh. If you don't believe me, I'll cut you off when you're driving home today. <laughs> um, so we got to have that, that changing of our mind, that attitude. And we're putting on that new self that's created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness. Think of that verse that says, Be ye perfect as I am perfect. Talking about God. Who of us can be perfect like God? Right? That's a standard we can't live into. 
True righteousness and holiness. Well, it's the righteousness that comes from Christ. We accept his righteousness and we know that we are his righteousness in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so we walk in his righteousness knowing that in ourselves we're flawed, in ourselves we fail, in ourselves, yes, we still have issues with sin and flesh and lust and all these different things we have. But we know we're walking in his righteousness and his holiness. And so what we do is we move forward with the work Christ has for us. Because what the enemy likes to do, and one of the big powers that the enemy has over believers is to tell them, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You can't do it. God will use someone else. That's too important. Whatever. All those lies. No. God called you to do a work. It's your work. It's not for someone else. Do it. With your flaws, with your inabilities. And if it's something that you're having to do in weakness, praise God. Because when you're weak, he's strong. He ain't going to call you to do a bunch of stuff in your strength. (laughs) There's some things you'll do, but mostly he's going to call you out in weaknesses. You know how many preachers and teachers stand up and share the gospel that in earlier times in their lives were so afraid to even walk up? You know, first sermon I ever preached in homiletics class in Bible college, I had this pulpit so gripped. One of the guys that did the review said, I I thought you were going to tear the pulpit off of the thing. I was like so petrified in what I was doing. Public speaking is one of the scariest things people have. It's like the number one fear that people have. And there are so many leaders and individuals that do that, that God brought them out of their weakness. I was at, uh, the other time we had a little bit of ice and stuff. We didn't have the service here. I went to Hope Church and the pastor was sharing about uh, when he was in school and he had to share, he shared a testimony in a class and it was like a liberal type class and stuff in school. And he was scared and he was like waiting for the rapture. And you know, every second before he walked into the place, he's like, oh God, bring the rapture. So I don't have to do this. So I don't have to do this. You know, it's just come on now. No, now I got to go. And you know, he's sharing it with a, with a liberal teacher, liberal students. And, and one guy that, that was had been a friend of his when he was doing drugs that he figured would probably end up killing him and stuff and he's just like and he and he was just an introvert you know and everything and he shares his testimony and the teacher gets up afterward and she's like this is someone that's heard from god this is someone that has has met god you know like a atheist type teacher and it set off a revival in the school now he preaches in front of all kinds of people a couple times a week you know but that's the kind of thing god will do he'll take you in your weakness and then he's strong. If God's asking you to do something that you're saying, I don't think I can do it, it's a good chance it probably is God. <laughs> if you're just wanting to do something because you're really good at it and you're all that kind of stuff, eh, it may just be you. <laughs> Not always. I'm praying the Spirit. Know what God's doing. Uh, praise God for that. Um, uh, so we, we put off, oh, um, I'll end with this, verse 25 and following. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. That's, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, sometimes like, like I asked someone the other day, you know how they're doing. They're like, eh. I'm like, okay, good let's 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 pray let's let's talk about it what's going on you know uh let's be honest let's be truthful be truthful without being flaky 
How you doing today? You know what? I'm blessed by God. I'm blessed and highly flavored. Yeah. Flavored or, flavored or favored? Maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> I got a little of everything going on. You know, be real about it. There are people that are real. Um, and you can be real about it. Be truthful. Be honest. You know what? I'm having a hard time, but I know God's going to take me through. You can say that. That's right. We live in a free country. You know, we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable life rights. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Maybe I should have got some sleep last night. <laughs> we have that right. We have freedom of speech in our country. We can say Merry Christmas. I've been doing that a lot. Oh, Sylvia does it at work. She's only had two so far that we're like, Happy holidays. But that's okay. She might get in trouble, but it don't matter because God's got her back. And everybody knows her. They're like, oh, Sylvia? Did? Oh, yeah. Of course she's going to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, so speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. Um, and that's where we esteem others highly. <laughs> it's so funny. I went to uh, bring some books over to the missionary that I bring books to. And there was a guy there that's an evangelist, anointed, um, has worked in Afghanistan or Iraq. Uh, had a book, no, Afghanistan, had a book, Afghanistan, My Tears, you know, and, and they were talking, you know, and everything, and, and the guy got up, and he was, he was talking about the guy I was bringing books to, and he was like, oh, man, he is just such a godly person, you know, he's helping me store some books here, and, he's, you know, these people, you know, and his wife was there, he's like, these, this couple here is just so godly and everything, and then the guy I was bringing the books to was talking about the other guy, and he's like, oh, no, this guy, it's like being with Jesus, you know, he's like so on fire for God, he's always talking to people about the Lord, and I just looked in both and I said, well, you know, the Bible says to esteem others better than yourself. So you're both doing a great job. <laughs> we just laughed and prayed together and everything. And I dropped off the books. And it's, it's so cool to be able to do that, isn't it? To, to lift others up, to esteem others, to encourage others, to, uh, to, to be there and, and see that strengthening that comes in. Um, JD that's been here before, JD King that's been here before, he's the, the reason that I found out about this place. He just wrote a book. And there's some people that are attacking him about the book that haven't even read it. And they were like attacking his motives for writing it and telling him he's going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and he needs all this correction. And it's like, you don't know him. You don't know his characters. I've known him for over 20 years. If he wrote a book, his motive is not some evil doctrine of devils. It's because he's put a lot of study and thought and effort into it. And if you don't believe me, look at all the footnotes in it. It's full of truth. Read it. Idiot. <laughs> um, praise God. Um, so anyway, you speak the truth in love, and uh, we're all members of one body, uh, and, and that's something that has to stop. It's so easy for people in the body of Christ to attack other people if they have some ideas or some thoughts or some doctrines or some teachings that they don't agree with. You know what? We're not going to agree on every little thing. You know, you know how many parenting books there are out there. <laughs> You know how many are good? <laughs> you know how many work? <laughs> I guess some of them do for some people. I mean, there's there's ideas for everything. There's thoughts for everything. We all have different ideas and thoughts and ways of doing things. We have different cultural backgrounds, different things. And we're going to come closer and closer to unity. We're going to have that fellowship, but it's going to come from Christ as the head, the Holy Spirit working through the body, and us lifting one another and looking past some of these things and just saying, let's unite in Christ. And then as we talk to each other, as we think about things, as we share scripture together, uh, my nephew is one I love talking to because 
talking to because he asks really hard questions, you know, and where is it in the Bible and all those type of things. He gets me to dig deep into it. It's iron sharpening iron. And, and then we find that, okay, in this area, you know, I was a little off on this stuff. In this area, I was, you know, and, and any preachers like, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Carl over at Life Church when we were there, he was talking about, you know, sometimes we share our own thoughts, our own ideas, things we heard. Maybe we heard something wrong, whatever. Go to the Word. Find out what it says. Um, any preacher that's worth his salt is going to tell you to do that. Don't just take their word for it. Make sure it's in the Word. Make sure it lines up with the Word. Go to the Word. Um, you know, if we go astray in some area, we need to have those other believers in our lives, especially mature leaders in our lives that can correct us and take us aside and teach us. But man, if you don't know us, don't be blasting our motives and stuff like that guy did with JD's books. That's just, that's just wrong. It's just wrong. Um, okay, I guess I got, that got personal there. Uh, <laughs> um, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your while you're still angry or let the sun go down on your wrath. Uh, do not give the devil a foothold. When we have anger in our lives and it's justified, there are times we have anger. God gets angry. It, it doesn't say don't be angry. It says be angry, yes, but don't sin. You know, deal with it. Take care of it. Don't let it grow into a root of bitterness. Because the root of bitterness gives life to all kinds of malice and mischief and clamoring and backbiting. And just, oh, it's horrible. Don't let it happen. Don't let offense come in. Don't let that trap of the devil take you in. And that's the trap of the devil. He loves to use offenses because people will offend us. Amen. Praise God. You don't believe it? Just go walk in the world today. Go shopping. Go do something. Somebody's going to offend you probably today. <laughs> if not, maybe by the end of tomorrow. <laughs> maybe you'll be lucky the rest of the day. There's going to be offenses that will happen, but it's what we do about it, how we handle it. Uh, there's going to be times people do things that make us angry, and sometimes it's very justified angry. You know, they just, you know, someone did something against my kids or my wife or whatever. You know, hey, man, <laughs> be angry. <laughs> But we got to deal with it. We can't, we can't let it fester. We can't let it grow. We got to take care of it. Uh, don't let the sun go down. Um, in other words, deal with it in the proper season. And, and don't let that devil get the foothold because he will destroy you with anger, bitterness, offenses. And then, and then I love this. And of course, I've shared this before. He who has been stealing must steal no longer and must work. Do something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Praise God. I love that because it's so practical. Yes, it is. You're doing some things that are wrong. Those things that you're doing are wrong. Do the opposite. Yes. And then take that opposite you're doing and bless other people. Yes. If you're all about empty relationships and you're jumping around from one bed to the other, stop doing that and build intimate, close, friendly relationships with people where you're helping them, where you're loving them, where you're caring about them, where it's not all about flesh. Yes. You're all about taking money and getting money and getting money and getting money and that's all you do and you rob, steal, kill, whatever. Start working and taking money and giving it to someone else. Helping someone else. You're all about destruction. Build something useful for someone else. You're all about drugs and alcohol and dealing and, and covering up all the pain and all that stuff in your life. Walk in a fullness and reality of who you are and what's happening in your life and help others to be able to be real, to come out of that, to break free. If you're a slave, walk in freedom and help free others. Amen. Praise God. Love that. 
All right. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let's, oh, we'll close with that. So don't be unwholesome. Don't be tearing people down. But say things that are helpful to build others up according to their needs. Right? Because yes. people need different words of encouragement, different things that will help them. That's right. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Look to other believers. Look to other family members, friends, unbelievers around us and find ways to encourage them. Find ways to draw them closer to their relationship to God. Find ways to pour love into their lives. Real love. Sometimes it can be even words of correction. Sometimes it can be words of rebuke. In love. The truth in love. But do it in love and, find, and, and be sensitive to what their need is. Don't just have a pat answer. Don't just have a textbook thing. Don't just have this thing that you always do, you always say to everyone for every situation. Be personal. Amen. Right? That's those ligaments growing together. Praise God. And you won't have to worry about what you're saying because Jesus said don't worry about what you're saying because it's not going to be you doing it. Holy Spirit will give you words. And especially if he's prompting you to start talking. Yes. A lot of times what he'll do is he may give you the first couple of words or he may lead you to do it, but you don't even know what you're going to say until you start talking and then the Holy That's Spirit right. goes. I feel like that every week. quick question. We all know we're all born in sin, but you were talking about God nature a while ago. Yeah. Do we, are we all born with that seed of God's nature in our heart? Yeah, the best way to look at it is a seed. Okay. Yeah. What I was getting was in order to pray for people, we need to look past their flaws mm -hmm. and pray over that seed of God's nature that's in our very Amen. heart and ask God to speak to it and let it start growing. That's really good. Yeah, you, you, you've probably heard it said before where, you know, there's a God-shaped void in people's life. That's what they're trying to yeah. fill. There's a God-shaped yeah. void. But, but that is really, I think, the most accurate description of it. There's a seed that's there. Yes. But until it dies, it can't come to life. That's that's that new birth. That's that surrender. That's that death, which symbolizes baptism, all that. And so, yeah, praying for that seed to grow, praying for life. Remember what Paul talked about. He said, some uh, sow seeds, some water, yeah. others harvest. Yeah. And the harvest is when that life starts to come in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And, and, and what is some of the symbols of water in the Bible, but the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. So yeah, pouring that prayer in as well, that seed. What yeah. I started doing, my daughter that's in prison right now, I said, Lord, speak to her heart. Send the Holy Spirit to speak to her heart. And she called me and she said, Mom, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? She said, well, she said, I now know there is a God. I now believe there's a God. Because I've been waking up every morning and these scriptures has been coming to my mind and I've been looking them up and reading them. Praise God. I said, prayer answer Amen. To our heart, yeah you know? yeah and, and then and then once they start on the new life once they make that surrender then we're praying for that growth to continue remember jesus parable the sower that went out to sow the seeds the she said well i'm not getting them scriptures anymore I said, no, because you're seeking him. You're going yourself to the Bible and reading it. So now you're seeking him. Amen. You didn't get an appetizer. Now you're yeah. going after the full meal deal. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I'm just, I can't stop praising God. Yeah. I really can't Amen. Because he answers prayers. And we really need to pray. This is why he brought me back here. Because I went to community church two weeks ago. And... I've kind of been on a mission trip 
in mm. town. Yeah. I've been spent time at uh, New Beginnings for a while, and I've been down at Live Church for a couple years. And I love all the people. Oh, they yeah. They all love me. I've made connections with them. And God has shown me that he's, I was so elated when they started having the community church. Mm -hmm. And I see that the prophecy that God sent here is happening. Mm -hmm. And we need to really start praying, like you yeah. said, for every leader and every pastor and every church yeah. in this town to come together with that focus. Because the enemy is going to definitely be against it. Yeah. The yeah. unity of this town. Yep. In that community church, you know, they all have their own agendas in each right. church, but pray that they will put that as top priority because Amen. God's moving in this town. Yep. It, and 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 on that note, um, especially Pastor Carl, keep him in prayer because he's he's the the president of the yeah. Minister Alliance and yeah. stuff, and and he's got a lot on his plate. He's got more than he can bear. And he's adding more because he sees needs, and he's like, I can't see this need and not do it. Last week he shared, you know, I went at the end of the service to, to bring those funds for that, that family we were helping out. And he was sharing, you know, he's seeing the, the drug problem and stuff, and he's wanting to bring in a program, you know, to, to help people. And he was meeting with someone this week. i got to find out how all that went. But, you know, he's taking more things on. He needs, people need to be raised up that will take those things and lift that burden from him. And I know I've talked to some people that are that are looking at ways to do that as well, but we need more and more. Uh, and the other cool thing was the lady whose son was shot the other day um, was there in the service. And, you know, I just got to paraphrase what she said, but she basically said this, that's enough. Let's do something. Yeah. And, uh, and it was agreements, agreements there, and it's like, okay, let's do something. Let's find a way to provide for the children, for the youth in this area. Let's find options for them besides the options they're taking. Um, and so there's, there was already a stance being taken, seeds being planted, things growing, stuff's happening. And, and that's one of the big things I wanna to share today is there's a lot happening and it's exciting, but you might not see it if you're not paying attention. And we're not there in all these different places and stuff. And so. Um, it, time to open our eyes, wake up, get involved, and find out where He's God has for us. Through prayer and action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, I think we covered a lot. So this week, be wholesome in your talk, and only that that's helping for building others up according to their needs, so that it can benefit those who listen. Because it's really easy for us. I know at work, it's easy for me. Oh, why did they do this? Oh, I don't understand. Why is it? That's not building anybody up, you know. Okay, I'm guilty. <laughs> do everything without arguing or complaining. I'm not there. I'm not. They might not listen today, but they'll remember down the road. Yeah, I'm not there yet, so I need to. <laughs> I need to work on doing things that are going to benefit other people when they listen. Praise God. Put that. Let that attitude be in our minds. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for all you're doing. I thank you, Jesus, for this new day that we're in and i thank you that we are uh, a part of it and that uh, you're letting us be involved help us lord not to miss the opportunities that are right before us help us lord to to be awake and alert and 
uh, be sensitive to what you have for us because there may be some some major changes that that some of us have to do major ways of looking at things different things to to get involved with i don't i don't even know what it all entails but you do and so just reveal that to each of us personally today and throughout this week and uh, let us come back excited to hear what's happening in rwanda and then be part of that um, to put together some extra funds and bring it with us to, to bless our missionaries as they uh, go and do uh, an amazing work in, in another part of the world. And we just thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.